What's up, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 235. My name is Steve, and who else is here with me today? I'm, I'm John. Ron. <laughs> John Ron. It's, it's John Ron. John Ron. John Ron. So for the rest of the podcast, John Ron will talk just <laughs> yes. slightly over top of one another for everything that they have to say. So they are presenting that united front as we all have come to know and love. That is Ron, John, John Ron. John Ron. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, good to talk to you guys. It's been a little bit, man. We've been off the schedule for a little bit here, just busy with oh, yeah. everything that's coming up in life and work and all that good stuff. But it's uh, I'm glad we could get together for a little catch-up episode, talk about a couple topics that we've been chatting about a little bit on our little thread that we have ongoing outside of the podcast, but that we kind of use as a you know nice little marker of things that we definitely want to bring onto the show and talk about to uh, to see what our listeners think about it and also just talk with one another and, and kind of get a little deeper into these topics. So hopefully we can spend some time talking about a couple different things tonight. Yeah. Sounds good. A lot's been going on while we were away. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The world does not stop. Surprise, surprises say, um, you know, when it and when we take some time off, the news cycle that is Hollywood and television and music and whatnot, the entertainment industry as a whole, it does not stop, it's, which is not stop. surprising to me, but it just seems to be the way it goes. We, we have a lot to tackle. That's the cool part about waiting a little bit. <laughs> we, we have some perspective and some things to talk about. I've needed the distraction. I've needed to vent about these pop cultural things. And yet in my life right now, there's the utter chaos of this uh, basement remodel that we started <laughs> last November. Oh, my that God. That is spiraled now. We're like in our fifth month. And there's like a contractor who is either having major issues <clears throat> or he's he's fleecing us. And we're not sure which one it is. Oh, no. And, and I was realizing recently that I need to stop uh, being so much like Tom Hanks in the money pit and start being more like Tom Hanks in the road to perdition. There you go. All right. Even though we haven't had a, a, a tub break through the floor yet, but it's right, been... Right. Yet. Yet. Well, I mean, luckily, there's no tub involved in this remodel, but this the way this contractor's been working, I'm sure he'll find some way right. to uh, wreck he'll, he'll the upstairs. That, he'll, he'll find that tub. <laughs> Believe that. He'll find it. And it will fall through that ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a long and sordid tale, but it's just, I want to I want to let people know, if you think you're getting a good deal um, on a contractor, go with someone who's asking for more. That's right. all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's a life lesson right there. All right, right. Distract me, please. Distract well, what, me. What's, uh, what's our jump off tonight, you guys? Uh, Game of Thrones, right? Oh. I think one, one of the things that's coming to an end in this year of heartbreaking endings is uh game of thrones and at this point we should be about two episodes in right yeah right we've yeah, all seen yeah. the first two episodes of the final the eighth and final season of game of thrones which you're right ronald it's one of the three biggies that is coming to an end the uh well the avengers as we know it is coming to an end i don't expect they're going to stop making avengers movies and many of those characters will still be around but it's still being sold as the culmination of something and then we have star wars episode nine coming way later in the year um, it, uh, which is supposed to be the end of a of the <clears throat> the main story we've been seeing, and they don't really have any other movies on the uh, on the schedule right now. So that feels significant. And I have heard several people say this could be the weekend that both Jon Snow and Captain America die because you know <laughs> oh, we have no. Endgame coming out, but we also have the Battle of Winterfell happening on the next Game of Thrones. And these first two episodes of the season have been setting up yes. that giant battle. Um, it's the first supersized episode of the season. Remember when they yeah. were talking about how most of the episodes 
episodes were going to be movie <clears> length <throat> or at least close to like 80 minutes. Yeah. This is the first one that's going to be giant. And these first two episodes, I, I, I've loved them. I've loved all the character moments, but a lot of people I think have been waiting for there to be battles. I've always found Game of Thrones more interesting when it's these, when it's these long conversations between people where all this history is coming into it. And, and, and these, the first two episodes thus far have been packed with it, especially the most recent one. The second was just incredible. Oh, yeah. But uh, I've, been pretty, I've been pretty happy with the season thus far. And, you know, I've been in and out of love with the show as a fan of the books who sometimes thought the books did things better. Um, I've, 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 you know, I, I always come down on the side of the spectacle of the show is so great that it doesn't matter if it's strictly adhering to any books. But now they're way off the books and they're bringing it to an end. And you can kind of feel where it's going, can't you? It's, it's starting to hurt. Oh, yeah. Chaos is coming. The battle is coming. What, what the hell is going to happen as the dead come towards all of the living? That's, that's the question. Who, who is going to die? As the living die and then can be reanimated as oh, the living yes. dead, you know? <laughs> oh, God. That's the whole thing about the Night King. That's, his army grows <clears throat> um, uh, as he defeats people. So right, right. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think the episodes have been great this season so far. I agree. Like, I've loved both of the first two episodes. And I mean, you know, I th- I think that the the gem that this show is and like why it has the following it has is because it does a lot of it does a well it does a really good job of balancing like basically what John was just talking about, like where you know you get these great character moments and character development and history kind of catching up to characters and things like that. But, it, you know, and it does that really, really well. And it does the spectacle just as good, if not better, in some cases. So, I mean, a show that can do both and, you know, have it peppered throughout a season, even if it is a shortened one, um, kind of carried up in the back by feature-length episodes, like 80 minutes or so, like John was saying. But, yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like it's coming to an end. I think it's interesting that, um, you know, that the the Battle of Winterfell is like the third episode of the season. So, I mean, as epic and and just like dire as this feels and, you know, people are going to it's going to be the last time we see them on this show, probably. Um, there's a there's a lot to be there's a, there's a lot left in the season, you know, like the first two episodes were 50 minutes and change. And like, you know, the last four are over an hour and 20 minutes each, pretty much. So I think it's really interesting that, you know, that big epic spectacle is happening in the third of six episodes so you still have nearly four hours of story left to tell and 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 to see what characters make it through this and where that takes the story and ultimately who ends up on the iron throne i mean i think they're just doing an amazing job and just playing enough into the fan service enough into the you know this the the spectacle the, the characters that you love and I mean, it's crazy that, you know, you know, uh, Brienne, you know, this, this, this episode, this past weekend, you know, the whole, the knighting, uh, by Jamie, uh, of, of Sir Brienne, it was like just a great scene. I mean, just like to see all those characters in a room and experience and for them to all experience something that kind of great together. And for a character that like virtually everybody that watches the show loves in, in, in Brienne was just um, an amazing scene and, uh, you know, kind of gave you goosebumps a little bit, or at least me, and even made me choke up a little bit. I mean, that's just the... the a little bit? What's I'm, wrong with you? I mean, yeah, like, was... you know, I didn't I didn't want to say it out straight out, but I mean, like, Aaron and I were straight up bawling. Uh, <laughs> well, that relationship, that relationship might be my favorite one on the show, the one between it's Jamie grown, and Brienne. It's grown into that, you're right. 
And like Jamie, the way that he went from being this guy who was kind of like an evil Ken doll in the beginning, right. and he he turned into this nuanced character because he was brought low. I mean, he used to be one of the greatest fighters, and now he's not even close. Right. And and um, he's just got his dignity, I guess, and his nobility, and he's tried to use that for the right things ever since he's had kind of this series of humbling experiences. And Brienne was such a huge part of that sort of suggestion of redemption for him mm-hmm. that... Um, it's great to see him at this point in the show being able to do the nicest possible thing for her because she so clearly deserves that moment. And we've been kind of wanting to see that moment. And I love who was assembled to see that moment. That yeah. scene, that fireside scene, who was there, how they came into the room, what they said, um, everything about that was like what I love about this show. And it's this feeling of camaraderie before the ultimate inevitable pain and, and doom. Um, and you totally feel it. How do you feel, Ronald? Are, are, are you starting to get worried for some of your favorite characters on that show? Or do you think there are certain people that are, uh, um, you know, fireproof, so to speak? I, I mean, every everything from the new intro on Game of Thrones for the season, just kind of telling you that things are going to be totally different. Um, yeah. It's, it's super... Uh, I don't know. It, it is the culmination of all of these characters kind of coming together. People that you just don't think would I, I i guess the the part that i've been thinking about the most is jamie's redemption obviously but also jamie facing some of the people that he hasn't seen in a really long time and um seeing the regret in his eyes and and even uh a, a scene that almost mirrored the little finger scene and jamie being put under the same sort of questioning and him not receiving the same fate, it, you know, I, I think they're doing things like that to kind of let you know that surely peop, anybody can die in this show. And, and, you know, you just never know. But right. there's there's room for redemption for some characters as well. So it, I, I think I'm a little afraid to see what's going to happen. You know, seeing people make up and that's all going to be ruined as the as the dead come and murder everybody. But... <laughs> Yeah, I felt I felt the same thing, Ronald. I was like, man, it's great to see these characters finally saying, you know, I sort of understand where you were coming from, or I kind of forgive you, or even if not saying that, but implying that. But then I was like, yeah, but a lot of this is not going to matter because tomorrow these people are going to be burning zombie versions of each other. Right, 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 right. So is Daenerys going to go crazy? Is she gonna is she gonna murder some people? When what is she gonna <sighs> do to retain? <sighs> I'm a little I'm a little worried about her, man. Her 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 character arc in this season, her changes, she seems a little colder. And I think to maintain what she wants to maintain and win over, win everything she wants to win, I think she'll do anything, man. Well, there's this one Amelia Clark quote that I don't think this counts as a spoiler, but it is something she said in the media in an interview. They asked her how she felt about the ending, and she said that she was shaken up to think that that will be people's last image of Daenerys. Holy. That she's like, uh, she's, she's shaken up to think that this is how people will think of her character when this, when this story is over. So I, I think her kind of being a repeat of her dad, the, the Mad King, and it would be really interesting if Jamie is in a position to possibly kill her, but I don't, think they'll, I don't think they'll do anything that neat and tidy. But I do picture her in the end, maybe being on the Iron Throne, but we will feel, wow, this was not worth it. She is, she's evil, or, or that she's, you know, she, like she could kill John, she could kill Tyrion, she could kill yeah. so many people that she could like in the end turn around and, and 
do away with because they threaten her her hold on the throne. Like John may have chosen the worst possible timing to share that news. Yes. Oh, poor John. <laughs> poor John. So is, did he just Ned Stark himself? Is this the same kind of moment where he came to Cersei and sort of tipped his hand that he was coming for them? Is that John's final failure? Or would that too be a little bit too neat and tidy if he just echoed Ned? Is he going to is he gonna play it differently? And is Daenerys going to actually have a, a softer side? I, I mean, I wonder, would she go so far as to have an opportunity to save John and not, not use it in the middle of this battle that's coming up? Do you think he survives this battle? I mean, I think that's the reason why he said it when he said it. I mean... I think, yeah, maybe it's the most inopportune time, but I mean, without knowing who's going to survive it, if, you know, if Sam and Bran are the only ones that really know and that he's told, you know, if everybody dies and that, that, that history could die, you know, like, or that, that information could die. And if he thinks that she has any chance of surviving equal to or greater than him, I mean, he's just telling, I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I'm curious what she does with the information. I, I, di- I too thought it'd be interesting if there was an opportunity to save him and she didn't, and even if he survives it, that that would be like the fracture point that actually causes a, a conflict. And, and you know, the, the, the rest of this season, like I was talking about earlier, um, you know, cause you still have Cersei down in King's Landing that you're not even really thinking about right now. And she thinks she's going to wait it out and fight whoever wins. Yeah. But she doesn't realize that if the Night King wins, then he's got a, an even bigger army of really tough, fast moving zombies. <laughs> These aren't your walking dead zombies that you can like poke with no. a screwdriver and they'll fall down. These are World War Z zombies. Or if he's, or if the Night King's not even at Winterfell, even if he oh, went straight God. to King's Landing. Don't say that. Don't I mean, say- I'm just saying you don't see him in the, in that. That's true, usually, man. Usually all those like, you know, imposing shots at the end of episodes or seasons, like he's kind of the one leading up his army before you go to black. And then, you know, the, he wasn't in that one and You're right. could be something crazy, you know, but who knows? I, 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 all said and done, it's just like, it's super exciting. It's super sad in ways. Cause it's like, you know, it's ending, but it's got to end. And if they do it right, you know, uh, It'll just be like a historic thing, and I mean, you know, the the way this show's pacing, like it's it's definitely one of my favorite shows of all time, and it'll 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 be exciting if they really figure out how to make it stick in the end, and you know, it, it's also just an interesting topic only because like it really kind of feels like the end of not only a show on you know one of the biggest and most prominent cable networks out there, but you know, possibly the end of an era of television programming just because of the way people are watching shows now like this is like the last great show that i feel like people are are literally coming around a television or a platform or streaming on a weekly basis to watch something um that has that water cooler social media impact that this show has and uh it'll be interesting to see what happens in its in its absence and you know how HBO specifically, you know, adapts and and what they have coming up looks pretty interesting. But um, whether anything is on the level of this film, I mean, of this series, even any spinoffs that they do for for Game of Thrones uh, series, I don't know that it would ever match it. And, well, uh, you know, I, I think that's an interesting question because of the notion that there are, and, and, and actually this would be a great segue into our, our next topic, which is going to be some of these streaming services. But um, that was I want to actually... Job. I know that's brilliant, but I have something else Game of Thrones oriented. I want to ask you guys, are there particular characters uh, that you are, I guess you could look at it one way or the other. You could say that you you think are doomed and it makes you sad or or, or that you would like to see make it to the end. Mm. Who are you the most worried about? I love Jon Snow. Tyrion for me. 
you know, Tyrion would be on a list. I mean, I really like him. I mean, I like Jamie, but I feel like Jamie's doomed. <laughs> he is, man. I do look forward to hopefully him surviving this battle and and hopefully being able to fulfill to fulfill the prophecy that uh that Cersei had gotten from that like witch when they were younger, like about her younger brother like killing her or something. That you know, I'm talking about like like Maggie the Frog, like that prophecy. Yeah, the Valencar prophecy. Yeah, the Valencar. Yeah, I think it's, it's supposed to be the the, the little brother. Yeah, and yeah, and, like a, and Jamie was technically born after her, after and so therefore her, right. he could be the little brother. But she thought she always thought it was Tyrion that would be the the person that would kill her. You know, that's been predicted. But certain things that have been predicted for years, like Jon Snow being a secret Targaryen. Um, those things turned out to be true. So certain things I don't think they're going to sidestep just because it might be predictable or it might be obvious. But I think what isn't predictable is how they're going to get to that moment. You know, I don't, I, I might think that Daenerys in the end is going to be like the Mad Queen, so to speak. But I don't know how they're going to get to that moment. And I don't know who's left by her side. But but when you said Tyrion, Ronald, that struck a chord with me. I'm very worried about him. Why do you think you're worried about him? I mean, I feel like it's in the air, but what is it that makes you worry about Tyrion? I think, I think with... Um, some of his shortcomings in terms of um, kind of being ahead of his sister. And um, I, I, I think that Daenerys really, despite being talked out of kicking him off or killing him or whatever she planned on doing with him, still is going to be a, a sore spot for her as this battle goes on. And I'm th- I don't think she forgets it. And uh, it, it also seems like he he also is a Lannister and Lannisters can't be trusted to a lot of people. You know, he walks around and people are spitting on the ground and shit like that. I mean, sure, it has to do with Jamie also, but I think there's some some raw feelings that people have about the Lannisters. And I think when chaos happens, maybe somebody will kind of come out of the woodworks and maybe stab them while the chaos is going on. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily going to be a, a night walker or something like that that's going to kill yeah. him. I think it's going to be somebody in the midst of the chaos that's just going to be like, you were terrible to me in the past. Your family was terrible to me. Gah! Right in the back. You've mentioned his shortcomings, and I feel like that has been something they have, uh, you kind of alluded to at least, his flaws of character yeah. that would be... they've been foregrounded in the scenes where he's talking to Daenerys and she's calling him out for not being a great advisor um, in many ways. And it has been a while since they've given him like a real genius stroke. So I don't know. There's something about Tyrion that feels like he's on a dark path. And I just think that would be the the ultimate Game of Thrones play. You kill Ned Stark in season one. You kill Robb Stark and Catelyn Stark in uh, season three and or season four, whenever they did the Red Wedding. And then it seems like killing Tyrion or having him end up inadvertently screwing up. That feels very Game of Thrones. Yeah. But we all think Jamie's doomed? <laughs> I kind of do. Possibly, yeah. it, it feels that way. I mean, especially like that episode was a lot of Jamie. It was a lot of goodbyes for him, if you want yeah, to Yeah, it was that. like a lot of, you know, heart-to-heart with Tyrion and with Brienne and just, you know, in front of that council even, just like being forgiven or, you know, allowed to stay is like a, a bit of redemption on a macro level. But I mean... Yeah, I don't know. Just there's a lot going on in that in that episode that you know I don't think I don't know necessarily it's going to be in the next episode, but I mean I think uh, I think Jamie's kind of got something coming. Yeah, but we'll see. Do you think people are wrong to assume that Cersei dies? I think people are wrong to assume it. I think the common thought you know that we have is like bad guys get what they deserve and that's not always true as we as we're seeing currently in politics some villains <laughs> live to be hey topical 
<laughs> some villains live to be 90 100 years old man so like i i think that the thought that somebody's going to get their come up it's is a cool idea but doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen well yes i have a feeling we'll be catching up i think maybe after we've seen Endgame and we've seen the the battle the battle of winterfell episode uh, this upcoming weekend i think we might want to catch up after that yeah um, absolutely we'll get to finally settle our ice cream wager that we made about infinity war and uh, in game about uh, at the end of that, how many characters will be dead? I still oh, yeah. am holding fast that perhaps two of them um, will die, even though. And here's my segue seat, Steve, to kind of make up for the one of yours that I, I ruined. Um, there's a lot of characters from this movie who are getting a series on Disney Plus that have been announced. And it makes you wonder if, if Hawkeye is getting a series and if uh, Wanda and the Vision are getting a series and if um, who else? Uh, F- Falcon and Bucky are getting a series together. Um, oh, yes. It makes you wonder where in the timeline those series fall. And if so, because they are using the actors from the movies, or does that mean those characters definitely come back and all survive? And if so, who can actually die <laughs> in yeah. Endgame? I'm beginning to wonder, Ronald, if I will be the one buying the ice cream. How do you feel? You may be. Well, here's the thing. I don't know I don't know what service these things could be seen on. What, what service can these mm. be seen on? This is all Disney are. Plus. What? What's the, that, Steve? There's a there's what a the magical f- new world coming to your streaming set. Get the hell out of with here. This, with a very, very creative name. It's not just called Disney. It's called Disney Plus. Ha <laughs> ha. Coming to your set-top box this fall. $7 a month. It's crazy. Not bad. It's crazy, man. Not, not, bad. not bad for what they're going to have on there, frankly, and all yeah. the stuff that they yeah. own now including the entire run of the Simpsons. That's like an example Absolutely. of the sort of stuff that, that you don't even think of as a Disney product yeah. uh, that is that is owned by Disney. But yeah, all those series. And then, of course, there's the extension of the Star Wars franchise uh, that in between movies, they won't be making movies, but they've announced at least two different shows um, for the foreseeable future. I think they've said they're going to take a hiatus from making Star Wars movies. But the Marvel thing is a really strange thing because it does make you think, okay, and also Black Widow's got a movie, Black Panther 2 is going to be a movie, Doctor Strange 2 is going to be a movie. It really only leaves a very small group of A-list actors uh, on that list that that might... um, you know, uh, get killed in that. But, yeah. um, but anyway, yeah, Disney plus, do you guys think you're going to just sign right up because it seems like too good of a deal? Absolutely. Definitely. I'm not, I'm not thinking twice about it. No, I'm probably going to pay for it for a year Me just too. to have it. Me too. Yeah. Um, I mean, now one thing that, go ahead, I'm so sorry. Uh, oh yeah. I, I was going to just like, well, what you just said, there's, there's no question. I mean, even beyond the star Wars and Marvel stuff and like even the Simpsons and like Fox related things that may not come to mind immediately. I mean, just as a dollar value, like just getting access to the Disney vaults and all of the animated films and eventually like the Pixar film. Like, I mean, even just that stuff for six ninety nine a month is just like, yeah. it's beyond worth it. I mean, that's like cream of the crop content. Like that's not just like random TV series and random movies like Netflix started out with. And I'm the biggest Netflix fan out there. But I mean, like Disney is not—it's—it's it's not apples to apples. Like this is a juggernaut in terms of their content library. So, oh, yeah. so to be able to, like Ronald said, pay like I think it was seventy-nine a year or, or eighty a year to be able to get it or something like that. I mean, that's like a no-brainer. Yeah, and they've announced that uh, the vaulted movies, the, yeah. the the ones that we don't get access to on a regular basis, are gonna be on there. Yeah, and then for for the video files. Uh, a lot of the content that hasn't been available in 4K on anything but like Voodoo is going to be in 4K on this service, which is nuts. Right. It's like a real 
there's a real incentives of getting it. And if you're a Disney Channel fan, all of the Disney Channel stuff from the past is going to be on there, which is really cool. It's crazy, man. Something I heard recently that, that I was a little interested to hear just because it does seem to fly in the face of maybe what we were saying about this era of television and kind of how appointment television is is going away. But uh, The Mandalorian, the first Star Wars series that they're premiering in November, in, in advance of the new Star Wars movie, is uh, going to come out week to week. It's not going to be a binge model release. Yeah. I think that's pretty yeah. amazing. Well, I mean, maybe they're going to return to that. Maybe they're going to try to get you back into that mode of when it comes out. They're going to. I mean, I don't know if they can report numbers like HBO can. Netflix has never really had to report numbers. They've 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 bragged a few times, but we don't really know what constitutes a hit for them. We know that things can be canceled if there's not enough people watching it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting. It feels like oh, that's a little bit of a throwback, even though you know it's ultimately it's it's part of this very uh, futuristic mono organization <laughs> that's taking over our culture, which yeah. is Disney. But it feels a little bit uh, nostalgic to say, we're going to get you to come back next week to find out what happens next. That's, you know, which again, I think works for shows like Game of Thrones or for me, Better Call Saul, shows that draw the story out and over over weeks, you, you get into it more because you, you're, you're waiting more. You know, it becomes more special that way. Um, but I, you know, I would also gladly binge all of those shows that I just mentioned, so... So yeah, we're, we sound like we're sold on that. Is there anything about it? Like, are, is it just the general giantness of Disney that is the the sort of the the ugly underbelly of this thing? Is that as as great as it is, and as fun as the content is going to be? It's kind of crazy that they have all that stuff. I th I think the only downside for me is uh, if if you're a nostalgia person that that wants past Disney stuff, it's amazing. But the announcements they made about original content versus what's happening on day one is very different than each other. So The Mandalorian is the only original series that's going to be in the, the Star Wars or Marvel world. And there's a show called The World According to Jeff Goldblum that's going to be on there. Those are the two only original things that will premiere when Disney Plus starts. So that's something right. to know. Um, yeah, most of that I, stuff that was announced is for 2020 or beyond. Yeah, so it's good to know that you're, you're kind of getting into it, you're buying into the nostalgia of this right now and the Mandalorian. So um, anything else that you're expecting, you're going to have to wait a while before it comes out. So that's the only downside to me. I know what you're saying, Ronald. It, I, I didn't know if there was other stuff coming out. And, and hearing all these announcements about shows and projects that are coming out reminded me of the the Apple streaming service which has done nothing but announce amazing creative teams and projects but no content yeah. yet and i don't know when is that stuff supposed to start hitting and do we know anything about that service is it still just a, a suggestion on the horizon uh with nobody said anything which yeah. would you think about people just talking about shows would you think about that during the announcement <laughs> You mean just people talk, like we can all talk about shows we can all yeah, just start just right like, now hey ronald i got a show coming <laughs> Steve, what'd you think? I mean, it, it's it's a I'm I'm mixed on it. I mean, they got to talk about something. I mean, it's a yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a you know, it's a uh, keynote. So I mean, I think that all, I think what they have going is going to be pretty impressive once it actually comes out. I forget what they said their launch was, but I mean, they're doing they're doing some pretty big collaborations with big names, and I mean, some of the shows that they have. I, I forget which ones are coming out first, but I mean, there's like four or five of them after they announced or played that demo reel that uh, 
were, were confirmed to basically be done, like to be in post production. So like, there's at least like I think three or four or five that are um, that are kind of ready to come out. That one is it like the Emily Dickinson one that they had like Haley Steinfeld's in. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's one of the ones that they were saying is going to be one of the day one. Um, what do you call it? One of the day one releases. Um, yeah, it's just called Dickinson. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's the same kind of thing. They gotta just like they gotta just get the word up, get it, get get everybody pumped up, and you know, it'll it'll roll out. I mean, I think they'll come out with enough when it starts to to kind of intrigue people. But then they gotta kind of be consistent and you know, kind of keep it coming. And I think that's the other thing. And some of that's probably completely intentional. Like you know, they are they've been talking a big game, but I think part of it also is that they're trying to like schedule this stuff so that it can roll out probably over a full financial year and you know drive enough subscription to it so that it's growing year over year not just people jumping on from the start and like being able to watch everything um because that's what keeps people subscribed that's what people will be intrigued to subscribe for you know what i mean like it's just like that's all intentional Mm -hmm. in in some ways but i mean they have some pretty cool stuff they got like the m night um thriller that's coming out on there the emily dickinson thing there's uh they're relaunching yeah. amazing stories with steven spielberg um there's a yeah i don't know they got bill murray has a movies brie larson has a series i think coming out on there i don't know there's a bunch of stuff man it's really impressive you know like john said like the names and like the profile that they have built but i'm just you know it, it will be interesting to see how it gets programmed when it launches and what there will be in addition to those things or if that's going to be the vast majority of what's on there yeah i'm super curious man yeah i think a long time ago ronald you were complaining about the sort of early news cycle like just how early information starts trickling out about projects (laughs) yeah and how every little thing has its position to be a story and to get uh, you know clicks and i you know I, i like being informed but it's weird how many things we hear about that are really just on the distant horizon now because they have to start casting and they have to start filming. And supposedly with just the Mandalorian, the star Wars show that's coming out on Disney plus in November, um, the fact right. that, that that the creative team they assembled for that sounds so interesting and that they supposedly are throwing movie quality production value into this series. And I think they've said they'll do that with the other kind of movie spinoff shows uh, that they're doing. It yeah. kind of blurs the line, maybe a little bit more than the Netflix Marvel stuff. Did right, or that right. that that idea of an extension of a franchise, the fact that it's under the Disney roof, it would seems very much like Disney to be like, well, now that we're doing it ourselves, we're gonna really we're gonna really amp it up. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Do you think it tips off who who survives? Or I mean, do you have any thoughts about that? The end game sense of the kind of the Game of Thrones question of who do you think is doomed? Who do you think is just has to live? I hope it doesn't indicate anything. I don't really want it to, um, but it kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, <laughs> it kind of does in a way, at least the people that'll come back or something. Right. Yeah, it just seems like uh, we have some things in place. Uh, and and maybe that's to also confuse us because it could be a prequel for some of the some of the characters. So. Yeah, there's little there's little pockets of time they could say this takes place in or it could right. be a splinter dimension where things are different or so. we don't know what the heck they're doing in this new movie. I have heard that there's some kind of time travel involved in some kind of doubling back but i haven't gotten much of a sense of what the story is um what what have you guys thought of the marketing for for endgame have you thought it was pretty good or do you think it's a little too mysterious um it doesn't reveal much i love it i love it me too 
No, I mean, I just, I just, I don't know this, but I mean, I just can't help but feel like they're not showing us any of the movie. And I hope that's the right read because, you know, something about a lot of the shots in the trailer feel like it's the beginning of the film. Like, you know, where, where they're really showing us zero things pretty much, which would be great because the trailers that they put out have been great and, and like completely, you know, amazing trailers and teasers and just like, you know, just gets everybody pumped up for it even more than they already were, if that's possible. But to be able to accomplish that just purely on, if it was like the first 20 or 30 minutes of the movie and then you get in there and you're like, wow, like that was just the first half hour of the film. Like that would be amazing. And that'd be a great experience to completely have no idea what's happening in the movie going into it. And I hope that's the case. Now that word has come out about the movie, I've heard that the trailers do have a few shots from later in the movie, but they're not shots that are very, you know, like you don't have any context for what's going on in them. It's just like an action shot of somebody oh, jumping really? or whatever. And so it's like, it's, it, it does reveal a location or a, a hallway or something, but it oh, doesn't okay. really reveal, you know, like you can't tell what the story is from those trailers. But they said that most of the shots are are actually from that opening stretch of the movie where it really does seem like a lot happens. Yeah, um, really, it does. You know, but, yeah. but I mean, I have no idea what this movie is. It's similar to the way I feel about much of the Game of Thrones final season. I'm just, and actually the way I feel about Star Wars Episode Nine. now that we've seen a trailer for that, The Rise of Skywalker, yeah. which I thought that trailer was great um, and looks like a great movie. So to me, it's like, I don't know what any of these things are going to be. I really don't. I mean, I kind of can predict certain things in Game of Thrones, and I can kind of picture where the in-game thing might be going with a few characters, but I have no real concept of what the story or the plan or the complications or anything is, is going to be. I just have a general sense that some of those big names uh, who, whose contracts have supposedly reached their end, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go. But I don't know what that means. Uh, you know, do you have any sense of it, or have you heard anything that makes you feel like you can you can guess what the story is? No. I... I've purposefully been staying away from this yeah, stuff for, for any of the movies. Um, but I'll say this, man, I and you know, you know how I felt about the last movie. I don't know if I've ever seen marketing done this well for a movie ever. In terms of just giving us enough to see brooding characters. <laughs> you know, some some scenes where people are just sad in a place. And me feel compelled to see it quite as much as I want to see Endgame. I, I don't think, I don't, I think what it really boils down to is I think Infinity War did incredibly well, but it also may have taught them some things about how to present information. So they're presenting us with the bare minimum <laughs> and doing it in ways that are so creative, voiceovers. Um, just kind of recounting things that happened in the first one. Yeah. And I think that it's this mastery of storytelling in this, this last bit that I just didn't see before in the previous movie that I'm seeing in this one. That's, that's making me super excited. Yeah. That's so how, how I, I was not this excited before, man. I'm fucking losing it for this one. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped, man. Like I, to the point, and, and I, I kind of have been trying to do what you just said, which is like, I find it hard to not read stuff. Like I've kind of watched, like I'm not watched. I've kind of like, just like looked to see like a general consensus of some of the early reactions, but nothing, I haven't read any reviews to the point that I, I even, either. I even uninstalled Twitter and Facebook from my phone because I'm like, I'm, I'm like that nervous about accidentally scrolling over something that I don't want to see, even if it's like an emoji or like a picture of someone, you know, I, I don't, I don't even want to risk it because this literally, 
I don't know the last time that I was this excited, honestly, to go see a movie like with a packed house on opening night. Like I'm going, we're recording this on Wednesday night, and I'm I'm going to the seven o'clock show tomorrow night, and on one of the Dolby screens, and I'm just I'm so excited. Like Aaron and I are going. We got a babysitter. <laughs> like we are pumped and. You know, it's going to be like, you know, I kind of felt like that going to see Force Awakens when it came back out, you know, a few years back and like getting it with that crowd and like that line around the theater and just like every show sold out and people lined up just just so excited. And I mean, it's a rare thing now and at the theaters, you know, like they're fighting a battle to keep people coming to the theaters. And this is like this is like the unicorn that comes up and it's just like you will have one of the most interesting and probably memorable experiences if you go see this movie on opening weekend and you're seeing it with a crowd as excited to see it as you are. So I'm really, really excited. Now, now Ronald, I remember one of your criticisms of um, Infinity War was that uh, you thought that it was not set up for people that hadn't seen all the movies. You, 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 right, you, right. And, yeah. and, and I always, I wanted to kind of, I, I've always forgotten to mention it, but I've always wondered what it is. I felt like that movie had the right to be the sort of, culmination for the people that had seen all the movies. My point was that I think Endgame is even more so, that it has earned the right to just hit the ground running and not explain anything to people that might be new to these movies. And I was wondering, are you, do you feel more open to that with this movie, that this movie really is for people that like these movies and not for the average person bumbling in? I mean, it should still work as a story for someone yeah, who's just watching I, I this, mean, but what do you think? I think, I think? I think even just through the circumstances, I think they'll explain more than was explained in the last one i i think just by default because there's going to be a situation where they're going to be like oh the these people have disappeared what are we to do i mean in in better dialogue obviously right no i don't want it to be better than that let's hope let's hope (laughs) but you know what i'm saying like that by default there's going to be more dialogue about the past movie and all i wanted was like hey how did we get here just briefly before so that people who maybe missed uh, Civil War or something. You mean just had people a who didn't idea. watch all nineteen movies before that? <laughs> right, right. That's all. That's all I wanted. It's just. It's just the 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 movie fan in me supersedes the the Marvel fan in me that just wanted some explanation for someone that just plopped into the movie. That's all. A little, I, a little I, bit it, more of a it, self-contained it, film that that would stand alone rather than something that really is like. For fan, yeah. for fan folk. Right, 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 right. And I think you can do both. And I think that this one, again, just because of the circumstances, is going to do both. Because it has to a little bit. Because it has to say, like, you know, they have to kind of explain how it happened. You know, how everybody kind of puffed into a, a pile of dust. And, you know, they kind of have to explain that a little to each other. Because it's a little weird that it happened. That You know, so it's it's... It has a little more going for it by default. So yeah, I, I I'm hoping that it's that it's both a self-contained movie and fan service, and I think that that's possible, and I think it will be. Yeah, I have three I, hours. <laughs> I think it's going to be. A lot of people see, think that that seems way too long, but I'm sort of like I, I kind of want them to. I want to. I want it all. I want to see whatever they've got. Yeah, I want to yeah, see whatever it. they've got. Bring it all. Does anybody have any thoughts or predictions you want to make since this is, this is our last chance to talk about it without having seen it? I guess we'll get together as soon as we've all seen it. We'll try to talk as soon as possible. But um, as far as thoughts now, uh, do you have any general, like, this is going to happen or, you know, you're worried? Like, yeah, who are you most worried about in this in this world? Uh, I think 
I think that the glove is gonna be like Thor's sword, Thor's hammer, and I only think that one person can pick it up, and I think that's uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, I think it's gonna be like Thor's hammer. I think they'll get it off of him, and then it'll be a situation where they can't get it up, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, the person that hasn't been here for ten years can handle it." Because that's why she's conveniently coming back. I would love to see her play an important part, and it's cool the way they've set her up in the trailers for this. But um, And interestingly enough, they shot that stuff before they made her movie. So a lot of people have said she seems to be more made up and more kind of glam looking in this than she was in her movie. And that was because they had not yet decided on the... Uh, on the look of the character for her own movie, but the, the I think the writer directors of that movie were on set for the Captain Marvel scenes in uh, in Endgame, so they got to have a voice in it. The same way James Gunn had a voice in the uh, the way the Guardians were portrayed in Infinity War. Oh, so I think they they really do cool. that a lot. Um, uh, so anyway, that's interesting that they that, that 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 happened though that they actually shot her part of this movie before she she made her own film that Brie Larson said that she kind of knew who the character was more at the end of shooting her own movie and so it'll be interesting to see what that means for the way she's portrayed in this but I don't know Uh, I hope that she's not the ultimate savior just because I want it to be more interesting than one person but I do think throwing her into the mix and especially the kind of cockiness that she's showing and that Captain America is showing in the clip I've seen where they're talking about their plan which is just like we're gonna go get it and they're like well they've never met people like me before you know it's just yeah. there's a cockiness to it. I feel like there's got to be something that fails and something that messes up early on but I I wonder how how quickly we get back the characters from the last movie who are gone and it turns out to be a whole new story or if they really hold that stuff to the very end um is there anybody you think is just ultimately doomed, Steve? I mean, it doesn't look good for, you know, Captain America or Iron Man, like you were saying earlier. But, I mean, Captain America, you guys know, is my favorite character in the MCU. But, I mean, like, it's something that, you know, if it happens, it, 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 I'm sure it's going to be handled, like, amazingly. And it would, it, would, it would work and it would be on brand for the Steve Rogers of the MCU. And, I don't know, that... That's been my kind of worry the whole time. And like every time I watch the trailers and whatever, you know, it, it definitely feels like it. But, um, but I don't know. Like I, anything could happen. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, again, I'm trying not to like go in with too much of a theory or too much of an expectation in terms of what the story's going to be. I just kind of want to, I just kind of want it to hit me and just like be with it in the moment. So I'm not really thinking too much about that. Yeah, it's, I've never been, whenever people do like death pools or like, you know, guess which characters are going to die, name 15 characters on Game of Thrones that are going to die. It's always hard for me too, because I feel like part of what I like about these stories is that they surprise yeah. me. So I wouldn't really want, if I could predict something, I wouldn't really want it to go exactly that way. So I have a, a, a Steve question uh, related to Endgame. Uh, one, one is actually a comment. I think that you like Steve Rogers so much because your names are so similar. And you both have epic hair. That's that's why. Yeah. And then my and then my question is if Steve if Steve Rogers dies, will you weep? I will b- do more than weep. <laughs> I, I, Your ball. I, I, I've 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 explained to my wife already that there may be a side of me that even I mean I'm pretty emotional, so I cry a lot at movies and just in life in general uh. at emotional moments. But you know, that's a you know, being into movies and, and, you know, loving everything about what we talk about on this podcast, like that's a character that <clears throat> I've just really come to love. And yeah, um, 
just in so, for so many reasons, you know. But I just think uh, if it goes down, then I mean, yeah, it's gonna be more than a weep. I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably be straight up just bawling. But uh, I'm go. It's funny enough. I'm going. We're going with a like a big group of people like from my work and that are like really into the MCU. And I've like, you know, we've had the conversation. Are like, look, if whatever happens in the theater stays in the theater. This doesn't make its way back to the office if you see me in a state that you have never seen me before. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I have no doubt that it would be. But, in, you know, honestly, and all those people that we're going with, like they kind of all have said the same thing. Like if something happens to a character they love, like even in Infinity War, there were moments where like you felt something about to come that maybe didn't, but or in some cases did that, you know, but they've earned that stuff like that. I don't know. We talk all the time about the stakes and everything with this franchise or with these types of IP in general. But, um, you know, the, the, in some ways, like delaying some of those things kind of makes the impact build in some ways, you know, arguably in some ways, uh, where if it happens eventually, like in this kind of scenario, it could be even more impactful than it had it happened before. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Love, love that character. And you may be right with your analysis, Ronald. And, uh, but yes, if your assumption was that I would at least weep or more, you are correcting that as well. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> cool, cool. Is there anybody that you'll like rip your clothes uh, in the theater and, and scream if they die, Ronald? Or are you, are you just, you're just open to whatever? Um, you know, Steve Rogers has grown on me a ton, man. And um, also... Iron Man. There's something about Iron Man lately, the way that he's kind of softened up. He's become this kind of, I don't know. It's like, I don't know, wealthy, crotchety, older man in this group. I kind of love who he's become. And I, I honestly would be really, really sad if either one of them die. Yeah, I've always sort of assumed that it would be more Steve Rogers to die uh, saving everybody or trying to, and it would be more Tony Stark to sort of survive and have to live with the guilt or the regret or whatever it would be. But um, I could see either one of those characters like switching up in that equation. I don't know what they think they've set up. I have a feeling they're going to try to double back and surprise us. But there's also something about just a satisfying arc. And, uh, you know, some of these things are hard to keep as surprises. Certain actors say say things about, it's going to be tough saying goodbye to this character or whatever, you know, and you just can tell that maybe that means they're at least done doing the movies, whether the character dies or not. So um, I just hope it's at least two because I, you know, I was really enjoying the idea of free ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm, I'm just we'll looking see. forward to the free ice cream in general because I, I think I win either way. Yeah, you do, yeah. you little bastard. <laughs> I took the right angle on this one. Uh, before we wrap the whole show up, uh, yeah. did you guys have any any other streaming services that were not Disney oriented that you wanted to mention that are that are ones you're uh, using or looking forward to? Um, um, not actively using. Like I, I, I mean, obviously, like I said before, I use Netflix a ton, and uh, like yeah, you know, I use HBO's HBO's over the top service, you know, the, the app. But I recently resubscribed to Hulu. Been trying to check that out a little more. Um, but most of what I watch is, you know, on, on Netflix or HBO, but, um, and actually Amazon prime has had a couple series recently that I've watched. Like they did that new Hannah series. 
Um, oh yeah. That I, I, I'm I'm only like a few episodes into it, but um, I, I'm kind of digging it. I mean, it already got picked up for a second season, so apparently it's done well enough. But um, yeah, is that Joel Kinnaman in that? Yeah, and and um, I can never remember her name or even Marielle Enos or whatever the one who was in the killing with him. Yes, she she's in this as well. She's one of the main characters in Hannah also. Um, yeah, so I don't know. That's it's they got a couple good series coming up here. There's another one that I just added recently. Oh, I watched that whole series, um, the giant beast that is the global economy on Amazon Prime. It's the uh, Adam McKay produced um, kind of docu series with Cal Penn, where he's basically. It's kind of got that like big short vice type of filmmaking behind it where they're kind of explaining really difficult topics about the global economy, but kind of in a manner that makes it a little more understandable or digestible to like, you know, the lay person or somebody who doesn't really understand how that stuff works. But Mm -hmm. um, that's on Amazon Prime. And that was great. I love that. Actually, that's um, we like went through that in a weekend, Aaron and I. Um but yeah, so I've kind of been trying to mix it up a little more and not just watch Netflix, but I feel like, you know, some of the other services are starting to drop some uh, some more content that has kind of lured me away a little bit. But what about you guys? Um, I'm 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 heavy into Hulu lately, man. Yeah. They've been making some good content. I'm I'm watching Rami about the Muslim American yeah. guy from New York. It's it's so good, man. Think like uh Aziz Ansari's um, series, except with hipstery and way more, it covers way more stuff about Muslim, his Muslim heritage. It's a really good show. Um, so I'm, I'm using Hulu quite a bit. I'm also using this free service called Stir, S-T-I-R-R. It's, so think of the times where you're watching Netflix and you can't find anything and you, you try to watch Hulu and you can't find anything, and you just want something random, Stir is one of those streaming services that has uh, local news channels, but it also has like a stand-up channel, a horror film channel, mm-hmm. a cartoon channel, anime channel. Right. Uh, and it's on all the, the uh, streaming boxes, so like Apple TV, Roku, you name it, it's on there. Stir, S-T-I-R-R. It's it's kind of the in-between sort of app that you can That's use. Cool. And it, it comes in handy. That's cool. Especially if you're up like really late, you're just like, I'm gonna watch random stand-up. You'll turn something on and it's a pretty good it's a pretty good app. I guess I'll have to check that out. It's funny you mentioned that, like the randomness of not knowing what to watch, because I just read an article the other day that Netflix is apparently testing a feature that would do that like basically like if you can't decide what to watch based off of the algorithm for you based off of what you've rated or what you've watched or whatever like it will do that like you would basically be able to hit this feature this shake up i forget what they said it was going to be called but like this shake up feature right it's like a shuffle mode that like tries to predict your tastes yeah like and it just like if you like and it just plays something that it thinks that you're gonna like which which seems like a no brainer for as strong as their algorithm is. It seems pretty accurate, but I mean, like I'd be curious when that gets rolled out. But they just recently started uh, apparently testing that on select accounts. So that's interesting that you mentioned that. Well, is that it? I think I think that's it. I think that's it. We're in the end game now. We talked yeah. about a bunch. Uh, yeah, I think I think literally this is this is this is the last. This is like a demarcation point in movie movie history. Is that? Oh yeah. This is the last time we'll be talking in a 
pre-endgame world. And uh, everything after that is just, we just don't know yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be exciting to talk about it when we get back together. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and also Game of Thrones, but that's got a couple more yes. weeks left. <laughs> All right, well, you can find uh, the podcast at movieshmovie.com, Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, the Google Play Store, whichever platform you're on, you should be able to find us there. And if you can't, please let us know so we can figure out how to get there. Uh, we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash movieshmovie. If you want to follow the page for updates, we also post the episodes there so you can stream them right from your Facebook feed and interact with uh, all of us on that feed is probably the best way to do so. Um, We're on there pretty much all the time in some way between the three of us. So um, when we post this, we'd uh, love to get some comments, some feedback on what you guys are thinking about Game of Thrones so far before Sunday's next episode. And also let's get to talking about Endgame once we all go out and see it this weekend because we all will be, I hope. Um... So please uh, join us in being the first podcast to talk about Endgame this yeah, week. Yeah, we're 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 trying to be ahead of the curve here. Um, <laughs> it's a new thing for us, <clears throat> but uh, yeah. So find us there, and you know, let's 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 talk and and see what we think about this this last. Uh, well, not the last. I you know this 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 ending of this phase of the MCU. Um, It'll be exciting to see where it goes from here, but it'll be fun to talk about it. So is, is this the end of phase two of Movie Schmovie? If, if phase one was you guys uh, before I came in, and then phase two ends now, right? This is I think the end so. of phase, phase two oh, of yeah. Movie Schmovie. I, I, I guess we could say that. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean anything, so we could say it yeah, we can any, say anytime we want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you just said it, so there it is. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Thank you guys for listening to Movie Schmovie, and uh, hopefully we'll be back to chat with you sooner than later. And uh, as always, you've made our day. Thanks. This would be episode number 235. What was that? I don't know what the fuck that was. It was like a (laughs) pop-up. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Oh, let's start over.